Uh, Judges chapter 17 tonight. You turn your Bibles. Judges 17. I'm glad to be here this evening. Um, we were here on, on Sunday with you all. And everything that my dad uh, said about enjoying being a part of the start of this church and appreciating the fellowship with you all. Uh, it's not just the pastor that feels that way. And the, I mean, the pastor's the only one that gets up behind the pulpit and says that most of the time. Um, but I think that our church and definitely my family does uh, believe it's a great honor to be a part of you all. And uh, hopefully we're encouragement to you all like you are to us. So um, Judges chapter 17, I'm going to read the whole uh, chapter. And while I'm up here, please don't judge me for my uh, Bible. I'm up here using the, uh, my backup. People wear, this is my rifle, there are none like it, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is not my, this is not my uh, <laughs> normal Bible. I feel like I'm without my rifle. But um, it's still the Word of God, whether it's minuscule or not. It's still got the truth in it. So, Judges chapter 17, verse 1, we're going to read, I'll read verse 1 down to verse 13, and then we'll pray. Verse 1 says, And there was a man of Mount Ephraim, whose name was Micah, and he said unto his mother, The eleven hundred shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursest, and spakest all of also in mine ears, behold, the silver is with me. I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. And when he had restored the eleven hundred shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now therefore... I will restore it unto thee. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took two hundred shekels of silver and gave them to the founder who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had in the house of gods and made an ephod and teraphim and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And there was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judah, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he sojourned there. And the man departed out of the city from Bethlehem, Judah, to sojourn where he could find a place. And he came to Mount Ephraim, to the house of Micah, as he journeyed. And Micah said unto him, Whence comest thou? And he said unto him, I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judah, and I go to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said unto him, Dwell with me, and be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, and a suit of apparel, and thy victuals. So the Levite went in, and the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of his sons. And Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest. And it was in the house of Micah. Then said Micah, Now know I that the Lord will do me good, seeing I have a Levite to my priest. And this evening I want to preach on the confusion of ecumenical religion. The confusion of ecumenical religion. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity this evening to be in the house, your house, with these people that are your people, and to look at 
your word, and I pray that you would give us understanding. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work through me and in the hearts of these people and in my own heart that we might learn from it what's said here tonight as we look at this passage to become more like you. We thank you for what you do. In your name I pray, amen. Um, the book of Judges is obviously in the Old Testament and is a time period where Israel did not have kings. Uh, they had men who came about and one female who came about uh, to, to judge, help rule uh, the people of Israel. And it was really not a good time for Israel. Um, we see here in verse 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And that's really the, um, the storyline for the book of Judges. And the men who rose up in this time period to help direct uh, Israel through judging were not unspiritual men. It's just that they weren't following what God had directed, his, his way of doing things. They did, like verse 6 says, they did what was right in their own eyes. And because of that, they had confusion. Um, so because everyone did that was right in their own eyes, that kind of brings us to the first point here, which was a foundation of confusion. And we see really the confusion of Israel played out through Micah's life here. Um, starting off here, as we read, um, the religion, of, uh, the first point here is the religion of, of blessing, the religious blessing of wrongdoing. Verse 2 um, Micah had stolen 1,100 shekels from his mom of silver, a bunch of money. And he admitted, verse 2, he said unto his mother, 1,100 shekels of silver. Um, that were taken from me, thee, about which thou cursest and spakest of also in mine ears. Behold, the silver is with me. I took it. So his mom had apparently a lot of money wherever she got it. I don't know, but um, she was upset because she had misplaced or something happened to it. She couldn't find it. And Micah came out and told her, I, I stole it. I took it. Um, he didn't borrow it. It wasn't for a startup business or something that she loaned him. He took it. She didn't know that. And he confessed it, which is what you should do when you sin. You should, we should confess our sins. But um, the confusing part is, in verse 2, And his mother said, Blessed be thou the Lord, my son. And at that point, I'm confused. I'm, I don't understand. Um, he stole. He admitted it. And she said, you're blessed. You're blessed to the Lord. Um, and in our country, particularly in our brand of religion, if you call it that, Baptist, fundamental Baptist, Bible-believing churches, we, we have moved, um, and I'm speaking generically, but we've moved away from sin being sin to things being okay. And that's why that's that's a major reason, the reason why our country is is there's no right and wrong. We we don't we don't specify this is wrong. His mom here caused great confusion in his life. Why would he confess to something if he didn't believe it was wrong? She she was upset, he got convicted, and he said, Hey, I you know, that money that you lost, I stole it. And then she blessed him for it. But 
the religious confusion in our country is from our churches, but if what from the if what is preached from the pulpit is not enforced in our homes, it's not worth anything. You the Bible doesn't return void, but you as parents and, and individuals, we have to in our own lives uphold what's right. And this lady here, this this mother, totally disregarded what the Bible says about stealing and blessed her son for stealing. That's confusion. Not only that, but verse 3 says, uh, when he had restored, so he gave the money back like he should have, when he restored the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand and from my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will restore it unto thee. So she, not only did she bless him for for admitting that he stole, she's blessing him for stealing, but she also gives some back and wants to reward him for for doing wrong. That that's a confusing thing. Okay, in our homes, in our lives, and I I speak more freely about the home now because. I am a, a husband and a father, and it is imperative that in our homes we are consistent with the Bible. We are consistent with what is right and what is wrong. And we're, we're humans. We don't get everything right. You never will. It's not possible. But what the Bible says is right is what is right and should be right coming from the parents to the children. We can't change that up. And his his mother created a foundation of confusion for him. He must have known it was wrong. He admitted that it was wrong, what he had done, but then she rewarded him. What Your actions speak louder than your words. And with our children or with other people, when we say something's wrong and they admit to it, that can't be rewarded. It, we ought to admit when we're wrong. We ought to do that. And I remember a few times growing up when um, I admitted that I was wrong to my parents. And they did appreciate that I came to and, and admitted that I was wrong. And that's not, that's not wrong. That's not confusing. But when wrong is admitted and we choose to bless that and to reward that, that's not right. So we see here, his mother set a foundation of precedent in his life that it's okay to do wrong. You're, you're going to be blessed for that. So it doesn't say anything about the father here. I'm assuming she's his authority. And um, so she blessed him for, for what he had done wrong. And not only that, Let's go back to verse 3. When he had restored the 1,100 shekels of the silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image. That's the other confusing part. Son, I have dedicated this money so that we can go make a graven image. I've dedicated it to the Lord so we can make a graven image. The, the, the two don't go together. That doesn't make any sense. That's confusion. 
And we need to make sure that we're, when we're talking about church and the Bible and what's right, that we aren't confusing the two. We, we, aren't, making, we aren't taking what we want to do and combining it with what the truth is. The, the two don't mix. Okay, the truth stands alone. And dedicating money like this mother did to have a, a graven image made, it totally wrecked his idea, his understanding. I don't know how old he was here, but it didn't set a good foundation for what he believed to be right and wrong. So he was rewarded for his wrongdoing. Um, and then because of this, this religion combining Almighty God, the truth, Israelites had the truth, with graven images and dedicating money to, to, to that purpose, combining those two, it just it, it makes everything fake. It's not real. Neither one is real. If, you, if you're going to worship the devil, you can't include God. If you're going to include God, you can't worship the devil. They don't come together. It's either one or the other. So it's fake if you combine them. It's not the truth. So the second point here is um, not only fake religion, but a fake consecration. Verse 5, it says, And the man Micah had an house of gods, and made an ephod, and a teraphim, and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. I'm going to keep reading here uh, down to verse 12, because it goes along with this point. Verse 6, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And there was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judah, the family of Judah, who was a Levite. And he sojourned there, and the man departed out of the city from Bethlehem, Judah, to sojourn where he could find a place, and he came to Mount Ephraim to the house of Micah as he sojourned, as he journeyed. And Micah said unto him, Whence comest thou? And he said unto him, I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judah, and I go to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said unto him, Dwell with me, and be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, and a suit of apparel, and thy victuals. So the Levite went in, and the Levite was con content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of his sons, and Micah consecrated the Levite. And the young man became his priest and was in the house of Micah. What is consecration? We want to be consecrated unto the Lord. It's in one of the hymns that we sing. What is consecration? It's being set apart. We're set apart. Set apart for what? Set apart for God's service. We're set apart from the world. So... If I want something to be pure and clean and be usable, it has to be set apart. You know, just a basic example. When I take my contacts out at night, uh, I, I don't go, you know, stick them in the fridge with the food and, you know, stick them where they can get dirty. I'll just leave them on the counter. I'm very particular about how I take care of them because they go in my eyes. They need to be set apart. I don't want stuff going in my eyes that's not supposed to be in there. Um, if you ever got anything in your eye that's not supposed to be in there, you'll know pretty quick. They get irritated, okay? You want to take care of those things. So I don't just fool around with, you know, hey, I got a little oil and dirt and whatever. I've been working on the car. I'm going to just take my contacts out and it's all good. Oops. Yeah, that was dirty. You know, it, it's not, you can't do that, okay? I'm consecrating my contacts in this little container that I keep clean by themselves. I put cleaning... Uh, solution on them. There's nothing else around them. Before I take my contacts out, I wash my hands, I dry them off, I make sure there's nothing around, 
if my contact drops on my like around my sink, I wash it off with solution, make sure it's clean before it goes in the holder. Why? Because I'm setting it apart to go in my eyeball and do nothing else. I don't want it picking up anything else. And that, that's a really basic example. When we are, when it's talking about consecration here, he says, Micah says, the man Micah, last part of verse 5, and he consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. Okay, well, that, that's good. He, he set aside his son uh, for service to the Lord. But right before that, um, he's, in that verse, it says, Micah had a house of gods and an ephod and a teraphim. This dude had every piece of religious paraphernalia that you could have. He's, he's creating a museum or, you know, artifact, whatever. He's got a bunch of gods and things. And, hey, we're going to add to that my son. Now, son, we're going to consecrate you for worship and religion. But we're going to stick you with all this other mumbo-jumbo. So we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of everything, but you're consecrated. That's insanity. That, that doesn't go together. And <laughs> as Christians, we're supposed to be consecrated. Clean, set aside, set apart. I, I don't, it doesn't matter if you are a pastor or a deacon or no title. It doesn't matter what your position is. If you are a child of God, that is the position that you have to be in. That is the position of being consecrated. And you set aside. You're not in the world anymore. Okay? So it's a fake consecration. He's saying, I've set him apart. Number one, who who set you apart? Micah's, hey son, I'm going to set you apart for worship. Micah doesn't consecrate people. No man consecrates people. God does that through salvation. Not only that, we see here in the last few verses, 7 through 12, that we got a Levite wandering around uh, looking for a place, and he found one. Micah says, hey, how are you? Good. Where are you from? Bethlehem, Judah. Oh, what tribe are you from? Levite. Hey, boy, we got a winner. You're the, you're the priestly... No, you're you're the priestly family, okay? Tribe, come on in. I got a deal for you. Here's how much you can make. I'll take care of you. You'll be just like one of my sons. I'll, I'll I'll treat you well. Apparently, the Levite didn't have a better offer. Um, verse eleven. And the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of his sons. Treat him well. And Micah, lo and behold, what did he do? He consecrated the Levite. And the young man became his priest. He just likes priests, I guess. Micah, you know, we're going to start with my son. Now we've upgraded. We've got a Levite. And we're going to consecrate him. Why wasn't the Levite with his tribe? You know, the Levites didn't own land. Because they were priests. That was their job. They were set aside by God if we we're going to go by how the Lord set it up. They were set aside by themselves. They didn't have the other, they didn't have uh, we can call it this way land grants from the Lord to go take their land. They were Levites, the priests. That's what they did. That's all they did. 
this guy's wandering around, you know, maybe in modern terms, trying to find himself or whatever, and he, he found a place. He found one, and then Mike could consecrate him. That's as fake as it can be. Again, Micah doesn't consecrate people, not a son, not a Levite, not anybody. He doesn't set people apart. Now, he can say, hey, I, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you doing the labor like keeping the animals or tilling the garden or any of that. I, I want you to just, you work on the religious part. I don't know what that is, but you're going you're gonna to be religious, so we're going to set you apart. But it's not true consecration to the Lord. So it's fake, whether it's the son or the priest. Um, this religion from start to finish is is not pure in any way it is confused it started with Micah's foundation with his mom he continued it gathered all these gods to himself and tried to include God Almighty and this is the way that America is this is the way that fundamental America is too broad. This is the way that fundamental Baptist Bible-believing churches are. We take God. We take the Bible. We might even be King, King James only. There's not many of those around anymore, but let's say they're King James only. Well, what about the standards that God puts forth? Music and dress. And what about separation? And, and what about church discipline? And what about the local church? And what about all these things? Are we going to go to church? Now, I think you all have YouTube Live. Is that right? Okay. And we have Zoom. So there's a way to see the services if something providentially hinders you from being here. Well, I just want to save some time. <laughs> I'm not interested in going because I want to be in my PJs or had a long day at work, or whatever other can, whatever else you, you want to make up for a reason why you don't need to be in church, you can now YouTube Live, or you can now Zoom. That's, that's not consecration. That's not real religion. We know that we're supposed to meet, Hebrews 10, 25. We know we're supposed to meet in the house of God, but... We have made up every we we have brought in the world's music. We brought in the world standards. We brought in, you know, what used to be Presbyterian and Methodist and every other stripe. They have one service now. I know fundamental Baptist churches. They have one service. Well, they might have two because they're trying to appeal to different classes of people. So now we have one for each, but it's still one uh, service because COVID kind of. Help them do that. Now everybody's okay with it. They ain't gone back. It just showed where, where they really are. Even before COVID, though, are, are people faithful to church on Wednesday? Are they faithful to church on Sunday night? Are they faithful to, to anything that the church is doing? So we, we, we have pulled in ideas from, from the world and the world's religion and we pulled them into our church where we're supposed to be consecrated to the Lord and set apart. And we made it, we jumbled it all up. Sometimes it may be that as we get older, we get a little lax. You know, it's okay to 
move forward and to be progressive. I know that's not, you know, a good word, but, you know, move on down the road and not be as staunch as we used to be, legalistic uh, about standards and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll loosen up a little bit. You know what happens? It's not good for you. But your children, they are confused. That's what you've done. That's what we've done. We have confused the daylights out of the younger generation about what is actual right, what is actual wrong. And in my generation, for sure, before I go any farther, the last point here is a forthright assessment of what has happened. And that's what we're talking about here. There never was true religion in Micah's home. Never was. Not from the start. It was a good show to, first of all, admit that he did wrong. I mean, that, he should do that. But then his, his mother helped confuse his foundation by rewarding him for doing wrong, and he, he did exactly what she told him to do. Add in right and wrong. Gods. Having a priest. All those from his own family. And then upgrading to a Levite that was actually supposed to be in the priestly tribe. He's just mixing it all together. And now we've got no true religion. There's no true religion. You know, in his home, think for, with me for a moment. If you're in his home as a child, what is God? Who is God? Can, can, do you even know that? Would they? Well, I like the little uh, fat, pudgy dude, uh, Buddha. You know, his kids. They go in the, wherever he kept his God. I like that one. Well, I like this one. Well, I kind of like my brother being a priest, so I'll go with that. That's insane. There is no truth. There is no truth. And when people say, oh, you're legalistic because you stick to, you know, one Bible. God didn't inspire the 1611. I know. Okay? We know that the original manuscripts are inspired by God Almighty, and they've been transferred by pen and paper through people for years and years and years we know that but God said he was going to preserve his word so he did that's not legalistic it's just truth and if there's not that then we start breaking down this version that version and we leave out stuff and now we've kind of muddled the, the waters of what's the truth if you can't believe that the Bible is actually true because you know it's been copied down for years what is truth what is, what is real consecration what is not fake What is true about the church? What is true about how you ought to rear your kids? Is it overboard to actually discipline them biblically to use the rod? Is it overboard? We have more modern methods that work better psychologically. No, no you don't. Because the truth is it. This right here. God Almighty's Word. Almighty Father. The Prince of Peace. Right here. Can't, you, you, you can't change that. You can muddy it all you want to, but you muddy it enough, I muddy it enough, it's not you versus me. We muddy it enough just because we're humans. We don't get it right, no matter how hard we try. So we don't need to add our own ideas. And this is the problem to me with American fundamental Baptist. We have the idea, and I, I do think it comes from our society, and I love freedom, I love America, but we have... This idea in our heads a lot of times is we can have it however we want. 
It's the American way. I get to choose. I get to choose what I want. No, you don't. You have freedom given to you by Almighty God. You do not have freedom to choose whatever you want to do when it comes to Almighty God and His Word. You don't choose that. He, he's, he's told us. And we have freedom within salvation. And He's given to us as individuals. We don't have freedom to choose how we're going to worship Him or how we're going to consecrate ourselves or what we're going to mix with this and that. We don't have freedom. It's not legalistic to go by the law. This is the law. There never was true religion in Micah's home. Uh, he, he consecrated his son. That was fake. He consecrated the Levite. That was fake. Uh, Micah added whatever he wanted to his religious soup. We have gods, ephod, teraphim, a priest. And we have an upgraded priest. we we got all kinds of mess going on. There's no way to tell what's going on. It's a religious conglomeration of, of nothing. It's fake. Is your religion in your life? Religion is not a bad word. I, I often shy away from religion. When I'm at somebody's door, particularly in Chapel Hill, Carborough area, I'm here from Calvary Baptist Church, oh yeah, religion. Uh, religion has killed more people in the world than, than any, any other cause. I get that a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree with them. Religion is terrible. Fake religion, like we have a wonderful example here of tolerance in Micah's house. Nothing is wrong. Everything is accepted. Yeah, Religion has that religious cause, crusades, Muslims, all that. They've killed a bunch of people. I, I agree with that. But true religion, this is the only true religion. True religion should be what's in our lives as children of God. So here's my closing question. Is religion contrived of your own beliefs, regardless of the truth, or do you allow God's Word and His church to rule your religious efforts? We can't be like Micah making up this and that and becoming making something fake. We have to be consecrated unto the Lord. That means not tolerant of all the other religious efforts, beliefs, things that are going to confuse us if we, if we give in to that, and particularly our children and grandchildren. We need to be consecrated to the Lord for real. We, we need to not give in to pressure to open up our minds to religious whims and people not wanting us to be so stalwart in our beliefs and, and be so uh, hard-headed about it's got to be King James, got to be this dress standard, that music standard. We're just trying to hold to what God Almighty, who is the author of truth, said. And we ought to be like that. Okay. What Micah did is a perfect picture, in my mind, of the way religion is in America today. And if we had time, I, I wanted to go into chapter 18, but that's, um, it would take a long time. But we, we see the reality of the consecrated Levite in Micah's life. Just, just quickly, a bigger, better opportunity came for Micah's Levite, and he took off, and he was happy about it. The Danites came through. They stole everything that Micah had that was of value, happened to be the gods because they were made of gold and stuff. They took all his gods. They took his Levite, and 
he was a little upset about that, so he went after him. His Levites over there right in their crowd saying, I'm gonna stay out of this. These guys are paying me more. I get to be in a, I, I got a bigger position. And uh, so I'm gonna stay out of this. And the Danites said, hey, you might wanna hush up Micah because somebody might get upset and put you in the grave. So he had to back off. But that's, your pastor here, he's not looking for a better position. He is consecrated to the Lord. He is desiring to hold everybody to the standard of the truth. He's not interested in bringing in all these different things so we can have more people. He's interested in the truth. We ought to let the Bible and the teaching from this pulpit direct our religious efforts.